Hey everyone, this is Nerds in Cars Talking Cards. And today we are going to take a deeper dive into some of, uh, into one particular point of view, uh, special knowledge that is contained within this 2014 Toyota Prius. <laughs> uh, we are still uh, on the road today, headed towards Chicago. Uh, we've got about three hours to go. And uh, we thought we'd create some episodes that. Uh, each of us can speak from our own uh, special point of view and special knowledge of the, of the old school community. And today we'd like to turn the, the mic over to Mr. John Sexton, who's driving us currently. And uh, we'd like to hear a little bit about his experience with buy listing. Um, so take it away, John. Uh, yeah. So I, this is something that I've been doing uh, a lot of over the past almost year and a half, I guess, uh, since, since I really got into old school, um, in earnest and, um, basically I wanted to, uh, get cards that were very expensive, um, and did not want to spend money on them, um, uh, because around the time when I started doing this, this buy listing stuff, um, intensively was right after, uh, I found out that my wife was pregnant. So prior to that, like maybe the eight or eight or nine months of old school life, you know, before that I was spending a lot of money on cards. Like, uh, anytime I would get extra money, I would spend it on old school cards. Uh, I would try to try to build up my collection, you know, make it so that I could play several different decks. And, you know, I basically mid 2018 to the end of the end of 2018, very beginning of 2019, I spent a lot of cash out of my own pocket on, on this stuff. And, uh, unfortunately it was also at a time when prices were pretty high. So, um, you know, at the end of the year, I took stock of how much I had spent and also looked at, uh, the other cards that I had, like just, you know, modern stuff, legacy stuff, standards, shit left over, things that I, I wasn't using, I wasn't playing. Um, and now that, you know, we knew a baby was on the way, even less likely to use these things than I had been before. So I sort of made a decision at the beginning of 2019 that I was going to try to spend as little cash on cards as possible until every single other magic card I had that was not old school that I wanted to keep was gone. <laughs> and so it, it was a, it, it was an interesting project for myself, kind of an interesting um, exercise in discipline because there would be cards that pop up on Discord for a good price in cash, and I really wanted to buy them, but I was like, no, like, as, as long as I have my fetch land sitting in the closet, I'm going to use those to get what I want and, and before I spend another dollar. And so I, I did this process over almost a year and a half. Um, not every day, of course. Like, it would usually be, like, a couple times a month I would drag out, you know, some of the boxes or some of the binders um, that I had in the closet and, uh, say, okay, I'm going to take like an evening or a weekend afternoon or something and just buy list all this stuff. Um, and so I knew that I probably could get a little more for it. If I sold it on eBay, um, I might be able to get, you know, s some better margins or something. But for me, it was just the bulk aspect of it. Like I needed to slim down my collection and I had very limited time to make this happen. So, um, so for me, it was like, I'm going to get a medium size, um, priority mail, uh, flat rate box and fill it up with stuff as much as possible. And, um, you know, not all bulk, but like 
you know, modern stuff, random EDH pre-cons that I ripped apart, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. You just fill it up as much as possible. And then when the box was full, I would ship it off to, uh, usually Card Kingdom uh, for probably 80% of this, although I started to use ABU games uh, a bit later on. And uh, would just ship it off, wait for them to get my credit, and then I would use that to buy the old school stuff. And, you know, there was a financial benefit to it because I wasn't spending money out of pocket. But there was also this uh, pretty substantial emotional benefit to feeling like I wasn't wasting money and I was using the things that I already had, even though I didn't really want them anymore. Um, I was putting them to a good use to get things that I really did care about and that would en- enable me to play, you know, cards and decks that I would be proud of in old school. And yeah. so basically through this process, I was able to get my entire set of unlimited power, um, almost without spending any money at all. And then, uh, my entire set of unlimited duels. Incredible. Uh, and so I end up buying there were a few pieces, like I had to buy three or four dual lands um, from Discord. Um, some people were selling them, and I, and I had basically exhausted my resources of store credit and or, um, you know, the things that I needed just were not becoming available. And I was like, okay, I gave it a fair shot. I'll just buy, you know, the last couple, um, couple ones. But almost entirely, like the cards that I have now, my collection now, came, you know, 90, 95% from buy listing other stuff. Um, or, you know, in some cases selling other shit on eBay, like old video game consoles or whatever, just, you know, with that goal of, um, taking shit I already had and turning it into the things I really wanted and trying to be a little bit financially responsible, knowing that the the baby was coming. So, so that was a big long-term project. Like I even, you know, I did it more than playing a lot of times. I did it more than deck building or whatever. It was just like, you know, something something cathartic about it, and now I'm really proud of the cards that I have because I got them, you know, this way, yeah. so. Oh, uh, you know, you have uh, quite a, a reputation in our local group of, you know, this is being part of your expertise, or at least knowing the system and how to do this. Yeah. You've helped several members in our group do some buy listing. Um, I wonder if there are some listeners out there who, who might uh, benefit from hearing a little bit about your 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 method and the system for how do you yeah how do you set up a, an order to go out for buy listing and what what is that sure involve? definitely so there are there's definite definitely some tips I can give on this because I didn't know what I was doing at all um, at first and I made it really complicated on myself and difficult on myself so um, I learned how to make it easier as I did it more and more so when you buy list cards they're gonna want them sorted in a certain way. And the, the two main ones I've dealt with uh, so far, like I said, are Card Kingdom and ABU. They have slightly different methods. But uh, with Card Kingdom, everything is going to be sorted by set and then alphabetically. So if you just pull out a bunch of cards from your binder or from your deck boxes or something like that, they may be from all different sets. They're going to be from you know all different alphabet letters and stuff. And it might be harder to sort them. You might end up with like spending a lot of time organizing the cards uh, in addition to selling them and packing them and all that kind of stuff. So one thing you can do if you have a small amount of time or you just want to do like short bursts of stuff is just sort your cards by set or if they already are sorted by set, do a set at a time. You know, be like, I'm going to go through my Arabian Nights jank or I'm going to go through my like, you know, um, Champions of Kamigawa garbage box or whatever and just pull out everything from that set 
make a buy list order from that set and submit it and pack it, and that way it makes your sorting job really easy. Um, and then uh, you can put here. Here's another like really important thing that I learned. Pro tip: We got uh, yeah a, a little bit late in the process. Is you can put multiple buy list orders in the same box, and to me that was like a, a, a very a very light bulb kind of moment because I'm like, why am I trying to make one enormous buy list order that includes like a thousand cards from 20 different sets? It's a sorting nightmare. It's a packing issue. Um, and so I'm like, okay, I, I actually emailed Card Kingdom about this and I was like, do you mind if I put several different smaller orders in the same box? And they're like, no, that's, that's fine. That's how a lot of people do it. So then I started doing um, a lot of small to medium size orders and just packing them you know, in, um, I put them in team bags. So, uh, those, you can get, get those off of Amazon for like five or 10 bucks and they hold about 50 cards, uh, unsleeved or in, um, perfect fits. And so I would try to try to make my buy list order about as big as a team bag, put it in there, fill it up, seal it up, write a number on there with Sharpie, like number one, two, three, four, five, and then, um, put those inside of the BCW cardboard boxes, you know, like the 400, 800 white long boxes. And that way they're packed solidly. They're wrapped up nicely. They're well organized and you can fit lots of small orders in one box and then just ship off one box and you save a lot on postage that way. This is so helpful. I mean, the few times that I've done buy listing, I've been overwhelmed by the the online system. And I think, you know, there's times I've started a buy list and then I have to walk away from it for one reason or another and I yeah. come back and the page is refreshed and I lose all my work. Yeah, you lose um, your work or the prices have changed. Um, there, there's yeah. a lot of a lot of things that can make it uh, hard to do if you don't have a system like this. Yeah. So, um, And it's considerably more beneficial than um, bringing like all of this into a, your, your local game store and just dumping a big pile on them, right? Because yeah. you, you actually get fair market value plus you'll you'll get good value if you do it this way you know it's not going to be retail yeah and nor should it be no. you know um and because the, for me the key thing that i really like about this is the convenience and the fact that you can buy list just about anything yeah like um you know yeah, there, there's plans, a guy there's yeah. a guy in our um in our discord uh, nimitz blitz is his username he's kind of made a He's made a side hustle out of like selling basic lands and buy listing big bulk boxes and stuff. And um, that really works for him. And he's been able to grind some old school value doing it. It's kind of cool to see. Um, and so like, you know, if you had, I bought a bunch of commander precons back when uh, I was just getting back into magic and I didn't know what I was going to be playing or what kind of friends I was going to have. You know, I heard commander was popular. So I just bought the precons and they just sat there for months and months and months or years and eventually, you know, I looked at them and I'm like, I'm not using these. I don't really anticipate that I'm going to need 12 Commander Precons yeah. anytime soon. So let me just take them out one at a time and buy list the stuff yeah. in there. You Marie Kondoed them. I did. You I held them close and asked if these sparked joy. And none of them did, Park. None of them, <laughs> none oh, of them sparked that lady joy. on Netflix, right? Yeah, Who does Marie the, Kondo. Yeah, make, make sure your shit makes you feel, gives, yeah. gives you the feels. Yeah. yeah, and old school cards... Yeah, gave you the, the old school cards joy. gave me the joy, and, and uh, the random uh, other stuff didn't. Yeah. So like, try to do it in small bursts where you can like sit down and complete a buy list in one sitting, and pack it up, 
without making it too big or too complicated. And then these places have different shipping rules. So, like, within Card Kingdom, I think as long as it's shipped within five, five business days, you're good. So I would start a box, like, you know, maybe on a Sunday, have a little time in the afternoon, and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go through a box of uncommons or something like that and pull out whatever I can get and start it, pack up a couple of orders, and then maybe couple days go by I'm busy with work and family and stuff maybe Wednesday night I have some more time I pull out some more stuff and and add more to it and just basically push it to the limit of how long you can wait before you ship it and put as much shit in that box as you possibly can Um, because if it's a flat rate postage you're paying the same either way and I would send I would very often send stuff out on like the morning of the last day because I just wanted to squeeze as much in there as possible. Yeah, I have two other uh, quick logistical questions that uh, may, I don't think we've touched on yet. Uh, one uh, is about condition. Yeah. And another, you mentioned the other day, uh, a way that some of this can be streamlined through a, a spreadsheet. And so I just wanted to hear you speak about this, those two things. Definitely. So um, with condition, uh, again, it's different at different places. But uh, Card Kingdom, you send in your cards as near mint. Like, they just, the, the price that you see on their buy list is the near mint price. And then they will grade and downgrade your cards, uh, you know, accordingly once they receive them. I've always felt my experiences at Card Kingdom were very fair. Um, a lot of the time, they graded stuff a little better than I probably would have. Occasionally, there would be something where I was like, oh, they graded it as VG when I thought it was EX or. You know, there might have been uh, an occasion where, like, a card had a dot of ink on it that I didn't know, and they sent it back to me. Like, little things like that. But for the for the vast majority of times, I felt it was treated fairly at Card Kingdom and didn't, didn't mind the occasional small downgrade or whatever. Um, I think if you make it easier for them, they're less harsh on you. And that was a big lesson I took from, you know, my buy listing stuff is, like, the better I packed it, the more organized it was, the cleaner the materials, the cleaner the boxes. Like, I'm not sending in dirty sleeves. I'm not sending in, you know, reused bags. I'm not sending in boxes that have been scribbled on and ripped apart. Like, you know, I bought I bought new materials, and those were my shipping materials. And so, like, I just try to make it as clean and easy for them as possible so that when they see the box, it's all there. It's as listed. They, all they have to do is flip through it and... Um, and you know, if you make it easy on them, it, they probably will be happy, and that works in your favor. Um, I, I imagine them receiving your orders and going, "Oh, another buy list." Yeah, here, here's, here's another Sexton box. Can't wait to open, to the, open this one. And you know, there were times when I would get like approval emails. I would get like a dozen approval emails within the span of ten minutes. And you know, I genuinely think there are times when they're overloaded and they're busy. And if you've sent in stuff and you're trustworthy, you always send what you say you're going to, you do it on time, you pack it nicely. They're, if they're busy and backlogged, like, and they know that your cards are basically what you, you say they're going to be, you may get a benefit of the doubt sometime and they'll just be like, you know what, this guy's stuff is good, just approve it. And I think that's happened to me a few times. Um, you know, so, so that's one aspect about kind of the the grading and just the, the etiquette or, or, you know, methodology. Um, and then a spreadsheet was the, the other thing you mentioned. And so if you have a bunch of stuff that you want to sell and you don't want to manually enter it in every time and see if they're like, are they buying it this time or not? Or is the price good enough this time or not? 
you can just set up a spreadsheet, um, and they, they have a template on Card Kingdom that will tell you um, what sort of format to use, and you can just create your own little inventory. It doesn't have to be complicated. Um, and then upload that spreadsheet, and you'll automatically see what their prices are for everything on that sheet. And you can just add it to the cart from there and, uh, you know, remove the things as you sell them. And so that'll save you a lot of time of, like, typing and retyping and rechecking over time, um, especially for smaller stuff. So that's another time saver. Excellent. These are fantastic tips. I'm sure that many of our listeners will uh, be... I, I, uh, yeah, I, I got a couple other things. Oh. Did you have more questions or uh, no? Can okay. Continue here. Be- before we wrap up, though, a couple other things I'll say. So, um, with ABU, which I haven't talked about much yet, they they give you two options when you send stuff in. You can either send it all in as near mint and have them grade it, or you can grade it yourself as you send it in. Definitely grade it yourself. Uh, you will do better. You will have less downgrades. Again, it's making their life easier, which works in your favor. Mm-hmm to grade it yourself, do a reasonable job. You know, if stuff's got scratches and dings and shit on it, don't say it's near mint. Like, be honest about what the condition of the cards actually is, and you're less likely to get downgrades, which, you know, ultimately means you'll capture more of that value rather than if you say, like, well, this is near mint, and that's near mint, and hopefully they won't notice this. Like, then they'll start to be like, wait a second, this guy's sending in near mint cards that are clearly not. We have to look at every single card. Um, whereas mine, I'm like, no, if it's played, I'm going to say it's played. If it's HP, I'll say it is. And, you know, a lot of times I think they just approve it as is because I'll send in a mix of cards, a mix of conditions. I'm honest about it and saves them time and, and they don't have to, they don't have to mess around downgrading and they just give me the credit. So that's, that's one thing that I, that I thought, you know, worked definitely in my favor. And two more things I'll say about ABU. Um, so the next thing is, um, you can sell clipped CE as HP on oh, ABU. That's right. That was a big uh, moment when you realized this. This was. And, and I had a lot of CE cards. When I first got into old school, I kind of just jumped right in by buying a CE set off eBay for probably a little bit too much money. But totally worth it, given the experiences and community that it, it got me into. But that's how I jumped in, was with a CE set. Over time, I bought a lot more CE, started clipping stuff, you know, and... Uh, used different clippers. I got, uh, you know, misclipped cards from other people and kind of had this really hodgepodge collection of cards that were clipped, unclipped, IE, CE, um, you know, not all clipped the same. And it, it did get to bother me after a little while because I wanted things to start matching. And uh, around this point is when I was starting to try to get my unlimited power. And so I realized from looking at the ABU uh, grading guidelines that one of the things that they had on HP is clipped CE cards. So I was like, okay, you know, maybe this is my chance to, uh, to convert this into the unlimited power that I've been trying to get and, you know, sort of reset my slate as far as a bunch of weird mismatched clippings go. So, um, so I did that and it was super easy because all of them were HP and I just put them in there, graded them all as HP, put them in my team bags, did my system and sent it off, um, and, and got several pieces of power that way. Um, and so the other, the last thing I'll say it ties into this is also with ABU is they have a thing where you can actually buy a card pending trade. Um, so if they have something you want, you can go through the checkout process and buy it, take it out of their inventory and not spend anything. You just check out and say, I'll send in trade 
you have it, you have an order number, it goes off of their website, and then it becomes a pending order on your dashboard, and you then, you then send in a buy list of stuff that, you know, should equal that amount or more um, to pay for it. And so if something comes up, like a rare, you know, piece of power or something special that you've been wanting, and you don't have the credit stocked up yet, or you don't have the money uh, to spend, but maybe you've got a closet full of cards or whatever that you'd be willing to buy list if only you had the right motivation or whatever. I've made a lot of use of this feature and this is how we got Nick Aiello's Black Lotus. So we, I mean, we could probably do a whole other episode about that, but I used all of these things I'm talking about, all of the expertise that I had gotten over like a year plus of doing this, um, to get Nick an unlimited Lotus HP, but really nice HP, like the kind you want where it's light even wear around the edges, no major damage, no major issues. We got it doing exactly all the things that I described. He spent zero dollars to get this unlimited Lotus. Traded in a ton of, you know, modern legacy, just stuff that had been sitting in his closet. I knew he had wanted one and we had talked about how we wanted to get together to like do a buy list, but scheduling things made it difficult and whatever. And it was over the Christmas holiday. Um, that we finally found a day to get together. And that morning I checked ABU and Nick was like on his way to meet me. I checked ABU to see what they had and they had an HP Lotus, which they never have. They generally don't have them. They had also just adjusted down their prices on power. So it was like, you know, it's still a little high, but reasonable. So I called him and I was like, Nick, we need to buy this on pending trade. We'll know how much you have to send in and uh, then you will have it secured. We'll ask them for scans. If it's trashed, we'll just cancel the order and no harm done. But if it's good, then we'll have your Lotus. And so that's what we did. He went online, he placed the order, pending trade, requested scans. And uh, you know, while, while they were getting the scans, we were organizing a massive amount of cards that he brought. Like it was literally a suitcase of stuff that he had that he didn't want. I've got some great pictures of it spread out all over my kitchen table. I've got my baby in in my lap and we're sorting his cards into sets so that we can do this buy list process. Took you a couple hours. It it took all day. And then he left. It it took more than that, actually. It took all day, but we were hanging out having fun. We ordered food, listening to music, talking to my wife. You know, it was like a fun day. Um, And then whatever we couldn't finish that day he left with me and I just wrapped it up over the next couple days as separate orders. Oh, that's right. That's the the night you were up till like 3 a.m. Yeah. And it, it, like I was working late and I was like, you know, we have a two day window with ABU. It's two days with Card Kingdom. It's five days with ABU. It's two days. So I'm like, we've got 48 hours from when we submit this first one to finish all the buy list and get them packed up and ship them off um, for this Lotus. So the, the last night I ended up staying up to like three o'clock in the morning because I had a bunch of other stuff to do, finishing the last batch of orders for Nick's buy list. But we ended up submitting like 10 K worth of stuff, uh, $10,000 worth of store credit. Um, the Lotus ended up costing like seven something. And we were like, okay, but we'll get downgraded. Like we should build in like 10 or 15% minimum of downgrade just to make sure we have enough buffer so that, you know, you can still get this even if they knock stuff down. Well, we, we, we got it all. We we were like 10 K that's plenty of buffer. Maybe you can get the Lotus and something else. And when they got the boxes, it sailed through there. They downgraded 4% on one of 
13 orders. <laughs> so he got almost, like, you know, 99 point something percent value out of these buy lists doing what I talked about. You know, well-organized, clean shipping, all that stuff. And so he got this Lotus, had a bunch of credit left over, which he shared with me as, as a thank you for for helping him get this. Your finder's but fee. It was finder's fee. But yeah, it was like all, all of all of the stuff I talked about here, it was a way for Nick to get a Lotus with no money out of pocket and clear out his closet of stuff that he had that he didn't want. So, you know, I, I mean, you mentioned Marie Kondo earlier. It really is like the life-changing magic of, of buy listing. <laughs> you know, like it helped me get my stuff. It helped Nick get his card. I've, I've talked to a few other folks on the Discord. Um, Daniel Anschutz, Drunk Wookie, and I have talked a little bit about turning you know trash into treasure and and that kind of stuff and it's i think I, I think he's he's amassed a little bit of credit himself so you know if anybody out there is like wants to talk about it more you know message me i'm happy to talk about it because it's it's something i spend a lot of time on and um you know you get the cards you want you get rid of stuff you don't want and it just it feels good in the process so you know that's kind of my my buy list story over the past year or so well, thanks for those pro tips, John. Uh, <laughs> it, it makes it, it makes these cards, which you know, some of these sometimes feel so unattainable. It seems a little bit more possible with these these tips. You you probably already have your Black Lotus, but it's just in the form of five modern decks that you don't play anymore. You can go on to the uh, the Beast of the Bay <clears throat> YouTube channel and watch watch John and Kevin Elliott crack open the last of his unlimited power that's at the right. chalice. That's yeah. right. The last two pieces. Yeah, I got yeah. I got a, uh, a graded Mox Jet and a graded Mox Sapphire from ABU. Again, freedom from their prison. using these same methods, they were the last two pieces of power I needed. I needed them for my chalice deck, but I didn't have a way to crack them, so I had to turn to another expert, and Kevin, Kevin Elliott was the the case cracking guy from Beast of the Bay. He had yeah. his tools with him. We even we filmed it, um, cracking out my uh, my jet and my sapphire on a ping pong table in the middle of the sure. the redwood forest. So you don't so. just use like a hammer and yeah. No, there's a process. There, oh. There's a whole process. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And actually, hey, watch the video because he does a, it. He does it beautifully. Yeah, there's a seance before, and you have to drink <laughs> the special thing out of this cup. Yeah. I did. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks, guys. Uh, that wraps up another episode of. Nerds in cars, cars talking cards. cards. This is Park Cofield. Gear Sackdon. Justin Coffee. John Sexton. See you later, guys. Thanks. <laughs>